Yo, what's good, y'all? We are back with another episode of the No Brainer Podcast. It's your boy DB. And this is KP, and I know it's been a little while since we've uh, been been on. We took a little break. Took a little week break. Supposed to go yesterday. Slow news. Slow news cycle. There actually is a bunch of things to jump in today. I mean, we we can go anywhere it's from the NBA. You know, the season has officially started in my opinion once the All Star break ends. Because you know who's pretenders and who's contenders, and all the people trying to get into the playoffs. Right. And you also, we also got obviously with some stuff going on with baseball. We got Kyler Murray in the news. We can get our opinions on that. But uh, as always, we can start off with my history lesson. So last time we talked about this, you had a conspiracy. You said, well, this might not even happen because there's no video of it. Uh, you're talking about. Day, uh, the hundred point this game. Day, it was this day, nineteen sixty-two. Wilt scored a hundred and was thirty-six of sixty-three from the field and twenty-eight of thirty-two from the free throw line. I mean, think about it. Why? Why is there no footage of the game, but there just happens to be a photographer in the locker room? What was the photographer during the game? I mean, obviously, we don't know the situation of 1962, considering neither one of us would be born. I'm just saying, man, it doesn't make sense. Have no idea. No idea. Yeah, we'll never know. All we have is a picture with a number 100 on a piece of white paper. I'm going to believe it, personally. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true, but, like, I just, just... It's weird, man. Where was the photographer at during the game? He just happens to be in the locker room. That's all we get. All the footage of all the games we have, and that's the one game we don't have any footage of that one. It's a conspiracy, man. But uh, yeah, DB ain't got no stat, but Cody says he's got a stat, so let's hear this stat. So, so like, I don't really have a stat. It's just something that I just, I guess we could segue into the Kyler Murray news with this because the stat has to do with him wanting all this money. So he's finished year three of his contract, right? So he's got year four, and then he's got a fifth year if they pick it up since he was the number one overall pick. Right. So in three seasons, listen to these stats, and you tell me where you see any type of progress. Rookie season, 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Second season, 30, almost 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, also again, 12 picks. 2021, 3,800 yards, so all three seasons were a 100-yard difference, 24 touchdowns, and second receptions. And he only played, to be fair, he only played 14 games, and he missed three this year. So if you add those three extra games, obviously it'd be his best season yet. But the fact remains, 14 games, and you know, the other two seasons were both 16, so they're pretty damn close. And, and you never saw any real improvement. I mean, his Russian, and I'm looking at his rushing stats, too. So, 2019, he had 544 yards, four touchdowns. However, 2020, he doubled, he nearly doubled the yardage, and he more than doubled his touchdowns, 819 yards, 11 touchdowns. But in two less games this season that just passed, only 423 rushing yards and five touchdowns. And so, and to also be fair, I'll bring up the record since everybody likes to attach QB records. That was rookie season, they were 5-10-1. The year after that, they were 8-8. Now, in 14 games, he was 9-5, so he only had one more win. But just for the sake of it, we'll give him two more games. I know it's a 17-game season now, but let's just say he splits those and he's 10-6. He would have only improved by two games. Right. And we all know the horrible, awful first playoff game he had. Like, they didn't had a better chance with the, the third string that played against Carolina that one year. The whole, the whole Kyler Murray thing's weird because it puts the, the Cardinals in a weird a weird position. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all agree Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. But if the Cardinals concede and give him this money, well, then that sets a precedent for other rookie quarterbacks. I mean, other quarterbacks on rookie deals. Because we all know, you know, the time to to really win a championship is when your stars are on their rookie deals. Because that's just, you know, when you're able to have all this, all this talent. So, you know, 
Next thing you know, if the Cardinals concede, give this man his money because they want their quarterback, well, then I, I feel like we're going to see a lot more quarterbacks in year two and three, uh, you know, holding out for that money. And it's just going to fuck shit up. Here's the thing also. Lamar and Baker are both going on to their fifth-year outfit, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Yeah. Neither one of them have gotten their deals yet. So is Sam you Darnold. Me, so what? <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't gotten his big deal yet either. It's coming. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, but so you see those two, and we agree. We both would probably agree that Lamar's better than Murray. Lamar's uh, better than I've Lamar's better than Murray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. So I think Murray's potential and talent could be better than Baker because of the fact that he's you know more athletic, he can run more, he's got a camp. But at this moment, can we really say that Murray's been a better quarterback than Baker? I mean, Baker's had this one horrible year because of the shoulder injury. But other than that, I mean, he was progressing. We know when he did his rookie season, he, at the time, broke the touchdown record for rookies. Let's see. I'll pull, I'll pull up the stats. So. We know Cleveland's been the run of the team with him mostly. So just look at his first three years, comparable to Murray's. So you won't one. count the fourth year when he's back home, when he's been home. So. Let's see. I'm looking at them side by side. They're honestly. Yeah, year one, honestly, year one, the yards are the same, but the touchdowns go to Baker. The yards are the same. Touchdowns go to Baker by three touchdowns. Year two. No, no you. I'm going from Baker's first year. He had 27 touchdowns. Murray had 20. That's a seven touchdown difference. Murray had. Oh, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the screenshot you sent. It has 2021 first. Okay. Yeah, you got to go from the bottom. So then in Baker's second year, he had 21 picks with 22 touchdowns, to be fair. Ooh. Murray had 26 to 12. But then you look at Baker's third year, he had 26 and 8 compared to Murray's 24 and 10, and he had All a little right. less yards. All right. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, can we really say Murray has even been a better quarterback than Baker has? And Baker won more playoff games because they were in the AFC Championship. Yeah, they fucking put it on the Steelers. That's what I'm saying. And then they got they had a tough game against the Chiefs in the conference championship. It's not like they got blown out. Yeah, I mean, I, shit. I, first playoff game, he did awesome. I like I love me some Baker. So I mean, just looking at the numbers, I mean, no, you can't say he's really been much better than Baker outside yeah, of his rushing edge, abilities. Right. I was just saying that's the big edge that Murray gets, and that's why overall I said talent wise he's a better QB. But at the same time, he hasn't had more success than Baker had. And people, people are crucifying Baker, saying that the Browns shouldn't bring him back. Oh, they fucking crucifying him. They, but they are, now I won't say people are on Murray's side because I saw people say that his agent's an idiot. Did you see that statement? Did you read it? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they had, he had no reason to come out and say that. And, I, and I'll give this guy credit because we both make fun of Mike Tannenbaum all the time. I'll give him credit for this. He said, if I was the GM of the Cardinals, he said I'd tell the agent. For the next two years, if you even think, look, smell, I, I don't, like, what, any have any urge to post anything on social media again about us, he said, I will not talk to you about any contract negotiations next year for your fourth year. I'll pick up his fifth year, still won't talk to you about negotiations, and then I'll franchise tag of his sixth year, and then we can decide if we want to talk about that next. <laughs> and I was, I was... I thought it was pretty funny for him to say that because I was like, damn, that would piss the agent off Ruku having to wait three years for his payday. Yeah, I like how he's like, oh, he wants financial stability. Like, bro, you 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 have two years left on your contract. What is like, the thing about the agent, too? Do you know who else that agent represents? No. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, well, he just got his deal. Exactly. So now that Kingsbury got his deal... He probably knew that was pretty much going to happen, so then he shifted to trying to promote Murray and say that crap about Murray because he was like, well, if y'all are going to sign Kingsbury, you know Murray's attached to the Kingsbury. I don't know. That's his like, quarterback. Like, I mean, we've kind of we've kind of talked about this already before. You know, the fact that they've extended him through 2027. I mean, that's an extra five years now. So, I mean, his track record has been – I mean, granted, he had the shitty year one. To be fair, he's gotten his team has gotten better. The team has gotten better, but they fall apart at the end of the at the end of the year. All right. Now, right. Two, now two years in a row. 
So, I mean, yeah, now, I, if this happens this I, night, I this say, upcoming I would season. Say I, wouldn't have, yeah, I, was, I would say I wouldn't have accepted him through 27, but I might have done it for, for like another two seasons, you know? Right. Maybe 25 at the most, because like, it's like, all right, you know, you've been getting better. We had a playoff game this year. We haven't had a playoff game the two years before that with you. Next season, actually get a playoff win, and, you know, maybe we can make some more. And move forward right. year by year. And I say that with the intention of what I said about Matt Rule, this is the make or break year. If he don't, if he screws it up this year, he's going. I'll tell you what, um, I was scrolling through Twitter earlier, and the four-man rush podcast quoted this tweet that said uh, it was about some dude was like, uh, the 49ers shouldn't even expect a first, second, or maybe not even a third-round pick for Jimmy G. And the the four the four man rush podcast quoted and was like, "You sound crazy. I do this in a heartbeat because it, it stabilizes the QB position until we fit find a new coach." Oh my god! I, I would rather Kirk Cousins than Jimmy G. That just tells you how I feel about Jimmy G. Kirk Cousins is nice, son. Stop sleeping rather, on my man, my I dude, would, man. I would rather us not spend any draft capital on Jimmy G and play a bridge year season with Tyrod Taylor before I want Jimmy G. I don't know about all that, but because I know I ain't getting no ways with Jimmy G, so I. Oh, I guess because you're gonna spend it like either way, you're gonna suck probably. So, I mean, now nah, I think with Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G, you can make the playoffs. Not with our team, no. I think you can. That rule, we don't have the O-line that Santa Clark has. That's what people don't realize. Jimmy G don't get sacked that much. Well, maybe I just need to spend all y'all draft picks on O-line like the Bengals. Well, we, that's the thing. We, we missing the second because of Sam Schicks. <laughs> it's a high second, too. It's like a third. Well, yeah, it's, it's, like, like, it's 38. Yeah, but I say it's like the 38th pick, yeah. That's funny, man. But speaking of the draft, it's funny that you bring up the draft because did you, did you know Mel Kiper released his 2.0? No, I don't. Fuck. I don't really start getting into all those mocks until, you know, closer to the draft because it fucking changes every time he does it. Yeah, but I still like seeing how he goes, you know, each time. You know, I'm sure we'll do our uh, Mac draft challenge again, you know. and Yeah, we're going to make sure Devin's day is not allowed to play. Yeah. Marrero Mel. But, but he had uh, Carolina with the first pick, taking out uh, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. So I was like, all right. Who do you have the Saints taking? Yeah, that's what I'm about to pop up right now. Because yeah. uh, I actually didn't look. I wanted to have uh, a live reaction together. So, we're number eight 18. 18. What? He actually predicted a trade. So where does he have y'all now? Let me see. Oh, wait, that means y'all have a first round. Right. So he had yeah, us well, trading I, out of the first round? Yeah, that's what's on I mean, what's the, what's the package include? It, it doesn't say. It just says oh, it's well, Baltimore Ravens via mock trade with New Orleans. But it doesn't include compensation on the trade. Wait, then, oh no, y'all traded up. I'm stupid. Baltimore was worse than y'all this year because all the Eagles. So y'all moved from 18 to 14. You'll like this one. He's got y'all taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. Okay. Somebody who had 113 catches and 18 touchdowns over the past two seasons. He'd probably get along with Mike. That's good. It says, uh, wait, you want to hear his description of it? There are many questions around the post-Sean Payton era for the Saints, but it's clear that the team has to add more weapons around whoever plays quarterback in 2022. Michael Thomas should be back after missing all last season and could use a wideout to take pressure off of him. Wilson has the versatility to play in the slot or outside and he can pile up yards off the catch. If the Saints keep number 18, offensive tackle could be in play. Oh, if no. Trevor Kenny, wait, wait, he says if Trevor Kenny is available. Then he says, if not, quarterback Malik Willis would be the next option. But the Saints want to win right now in 2022, and I think Wilson needs more seasoning before he's thrown into the pot. I like – I'll be I'll be down with Malik. I, I 
I said I wouldn't mind Carolina getting him, but yeah. I would want us to trade down to do it. I'd be um, down. So I'd be down with Malik. I'd be down with the receiver. I mean, fuck, dude. I don't want to draft a tackle. Like, I don't even care if we need tackle. Like, I don't want to. Not in the first. Not in the first. Dude. I'm tired of drafting O lineman in the first. Clearly, the last O lineman we drafted in the first didn't work out. Cause he fucking he's garbage. He said, he said the trade would be the Saints move up four spots, and that they have a compensatory uh, round three pick this year, so they would use that in the trade to let Baltimore slide down four spots. So you're saying so we he's move saying, up four spots, and all we give up and is all a third. You gave up was a third that year. I mean, if it's our guy, I wouldn't. I mean, if it, if the uh, it's not a bad, I mean, it's a comp pick. Wait, wait, so he also said. This, we, we see we have seen that the Saints are aggressive, like when they moved up for edge rusher Marcus Davenport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see what he does this year. But I wouldn't mind Charles Cross, Carolina. Uh, there's those people that say, depending on who you ask, some will tell you Charles Cross is the best tackle. Some will tell you Evan Neal is the best tackle, and some will tell you Ikem Ikwanu is the best tackle. And that all three play the position differently. If he slides, I want the Saints to take Jamison Williams. Oh, he'll be there probably because of his injury. Like, that dude is a fucking beast. Let me see where he's actually got. He's got he's got Stanley dropping some too. I, dude, I mean, look. I mean, don't get me wrong. I watch LSU football, but like, I'm not like a big like LSU fan. But like right, he's got Jamison Williams going all the way to twenty eight for the Packers. Twenty eight? Yeah. I don't think he slides that a, much, man. I actually got a notification today. Let me see if I can find it. Saying uh, Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams ahead of schedule with ACL surgery. Like recovery, if I remember. I don't think he so slides. He's ahead of schedule. News. I mean, I'd be down. Uh, with, I'd be down with that. Don't don't give me the tackle. I don't want the tackle. Wait, well, yeah, I I can understand why. I mean, the Saints already have. I mean, I but get it because we're probably going to lose Armstead. Armstead. Right, but they say this this O line is so deep this year. You can address that in the second round. That's what I'm considering saying. Considering that it's yeah. not an awful O line, it's not like it's the Bengals. We every single draft pick in the signing needs to be O line. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, we still got Ram. We got a fire center. Uh, we all, we uh, we ill at guard. We'll Pete and yeah, fucking guard, Ruiz. But, they said, but like I said, there's a lot of guards. They said this shit. You know, like they, from what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing, like, you know, because obviously it's not like we pay attention to college football that much. To be fair, right? What I've been seeing and reading is that they're saying like edge rusher this year is insane. This they both said this is the best edge rushing class that they've had like in like 15 years. They said it's nuts. Yeah, they're gonna be a lot of big men coming off the board. So they said expect a lot of people to go there. And to me, for Carolina, that's perfect because we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't need anything on a defense. Honestly. Technically, technically, y'all shouldn't be drafting no damn DN either because y'all fucking got Turner, Davenport, and Payne. So it helps the Saints too. Right. Let's uh, let's get into what this episode's really about. Let's let's jump to the Pelicans, and 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 you have something to say, and I need so, you to get it off your chest. So I'm, I'm gonna make it very clear. I told you now. This is a, I looked up something to do with the Pelicans from a college trip. I had never saw this stat anywhere else. I had never looked this stat up anywhere else. I just decided on my own that I would do this right before we recorded. And I also told you it would either shut me up or it would back me up. But I had no idea because I had no, you know, prior intelligence on this this thing. I just decided to do this on my own. So first let me address the comments that were made. I was 110% wrong about McCollum. I said he was on the down of his career. He had been hurt now. Obviously, knock on wood, I pray he doesn't get hurt. There's still 20 game, 21 games left. If he's staying healthy, the way he's playing, Zion has no reason not to want to play with this team right now. And I hate to say it, but I was dead wrong about McCollum, 
and I'm kind of happy I'm, I was wrong because now I'm starting to get a little more trust in my Pelicans. So I'll, I'll take my L with that one first. Cody takes an L. All right, I'll take my L with the McCollum, the McCollum prediction first. Dude, he's bucking. He dropping he's, like he's, thirty. A game. He's been insane. He's been insane. I can't. He's had. He had that one bad game. The very first game with wasn't even a bad game though. No, no, the first game with the very first game with us against the Heat was off. It really was. But he still dropped twenty seven points. No, like Dustin, trust me, watching nothing to point out. That, that's the only criticism I have. I mean, one game, I'm not going to crucify the dude. Obviously, but but at one game, he was six of twenty one from the field, two of ten from three point range. And he only had fifteen points. I don't know what the fuck I was looking at then. This was his very first game. That's I mean, that's fine. You know, you you never played with the guys yet. I can't hold that against you. Right. And then his his second game, he went fifteen of twenty four and dropped thirty six and eleven rebounds. Like he basically said, "My bad, guys. That was just you know that wasn't me, isn't it?" So yeah, I brought up the record, and I was told that I can't bring up the record because we played a bunch of competition. Okay, if that's the, if that's what you want to do, but then to me, that just means we're not competing with the better competition, which still means that we're not as good a team as them, which was kind of my point in the first place. But to be fair, we beat the Suns. They also don't have Kristoff, but we don't have Zion. Still so a good team without Chris Paul. But, but they are not the top team in the West like that was thrown in my face without Chris Paul. They would probably still be like a four seed, then, which obviously is still a really good team in the West. Then we beat the crap out of the Lakers. We went by 30 by the end of the third quarter. Now, the Lakers are awful, but good teams are supposed to blow out the awful team. So I will not hold that against them. Then I also said, three. I threw the record out there just because they were freaking out about being, you know, to be seen. But to be fair, we're three and two in our last five games. We are on a two-game win streak, and today we play the Kings at home. I think we win that game, so we could very easily get on a three-game win streak. And I'm gonna say this right now: and Corey and Tyler and Kevin and Demond and everybody who said something to me, they all are gonna be like, oh, no, guys. "I'm just gonna sit quiet and I'm just gonna wait and let the Kings keep doing what they're doing because right now they're playing good." They are playing good. So, so now here's the stat I went and looked up where I said this was either going to win me the argument or it could hurt my argument. So I decided to look up what the playoff stats are for the year just on points per game and opponents once we get the right. So on the season as a whole, this is including the seven games McCollum played, we averaged 107 points per game. Since the McCollum trade, there's seven games, the Pels have averaged 114. So they're plus seven. So they're plus seven. Now, Much smaller sample that, size, though. Right, right. But there's uh, 21 games left. Like I said, we're a fourth of the season. We're going to have we're a fourth of the way with McCollum, like with the 28 games that he should play, if he plays every game. So the frame. There was, there was 28 games left once we got him. He's already played in seven. Like, I think there's 21 left, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, you know, one fourth yeah, of the. Uh, yeah, 21 games. Right. So I was like, okay, well, you know, the defense is going to struggle because we're losing Josh Hart. He's a great, he's a, not great, he's a very, very good defender. McCollum can't play defense. Our def- opponents points per game for the whole season 109.2. Our opponents points per game since the trade in seven games 109.9. So we, we didn't. I mean, it's a point, point seven difference, but therefore, about the same. Therefore, since we made the trade, we have gotten I better. Have been, I have been dead wrong with everything. The only thing is the record still is three or four. Like I said, small sample size. I'll be fair. If we can finish these next twenty-one games, winning at least like fourteen of them, so that's you know. Two thirds of the season left. I think just having a winning record with McCullum after the All Star break, just 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 proves the trade was the right thing to do. Well, it, it depends because if we only win one more game and then we lose, or two more games, like, to me that's not a big upgrade. I'm talking about like without Zion though, what we're doing, 
I have to take my L's. When they, when they happen, it's very rare, but when they happen, I have to own them. <laughs> it's very rare. Cody's Cody been taking L's on Twitter on this shit for the weeks now. Well, not weeks, but days now. Been taking big L's. Everything I see, every time I see somebody... Say something about the pills I'm tagging same, you. And I already know I already know they talking about you too. They subtweeting you. Talking about I don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know they do. But see, that's, that's what I want. I just wish they would tag you. So the Pels are, we're two games out from the right. Lakers for the nine seed. I think we get that. Yes. The, see, the Lakers another, suck. So, yeah, so that's another thing too. The Lakers have a harder schedule than us. The Lakers have. The Lakers have the second hardest schedule remaining in the whole league. But I did want to say we're, we're either going to be 9 or 10 no matter what. If, if Portland doesn't jump this, because I mean, Portland's right on our ass too. You know, anything can happen. They play Golden but, State though, so they're probably going to take an L. I don't know, but that's possibly they have more than one game, obviously. I'm just saying, we can, you know, hopefully yeah, we can get a dub tonight and we can extend that gap. Yeah, we're tied with them and we get the advantage for tiebreaker, whatever that is. I don't know what it is, but we get it. But let's say we jump the Lakers and they finish 10, they finish 9. The only difference is we get to play in game at home against them instead of having to go to L.A. Regardless, odds are we're going to have to play L.A. if we make the play then. So what that means, but let me just paint the picture for you how serious that game is for Pelicans. If they win, it puts the Lakers in the lottery. Now, they would either be from odds 11 to 14, depending on what the two Eastern teams and the other Western teams' records are. Yeah, if it falls in the top 10, we get the pick, right? Right, but they would have the 11th to 14th odds like, of getting the first pick. So that's like a 1% chance of getting the first pick. Now, the way it works, though, is that they don't. If their ball isn't pulled 11 through 14, they would jump all the way into the top five, I think, or top eight, something like that. Like, they automatically would move up from, like, it's not like if they're number 11 and it's not them, they're going to be number 10. Like, they jump up. It's weird how it works. Right. So, even if we knock them out of the play-in, that's what I'm saying. That, that game for the Pelicans would almost be like, we know we're not going to the That game would be like, this is game seven, NBA finals. If we want a top 10 pick, we got to beat these But also, I mean, not just draft – compensation and all of that shit aside, I think it's also a big game because, I mean, we traded them Anthony Davis and got all of that shit back, and now we beat y'all in the fucking play-in. Like, but that's what I'm saying, that's, and that involves that pick. Like, that pick, though, to me, is what Willie Green's using as motivation. Like, obviously, there's other things. Like, I'm not saying right. people are like, hey, guys, play for a pick, that's it. But, like, if you could have a chance to, A, get a high draft pick, B, the pick is owned by the team you just beat. And C, it's a LeBron team that just won it. I know they got a different roster now, but him and AD just won a championship two seasons ago in a bubble. Like, it's got so much riding on that that, like, to me, if they were to go into that playing game and beat the Lakers team, I would sit there and be like, this was a huge success. They did great. Zion, quit being a bitch. Get your ass in the court. Let's see how good we can actually Oh, so now, now it's a success. If we I go said, into yeah, round one and get there. swept by the Warriors. That ain't what you because said two two episodes ago. And I told you, first of all, I told we didn't have a trade by then two episodes ago. Well, one episode, episode ago. All you talk about, well, no, but even before McCollum, you said, we're going to make the play-in. We're going to win the play-in. We're going to go in and get swept by Golden State. And who? what's so good about that? Right. Now I'm saying with because of that trade. So now the narrative changes. You, it, because of how good they're playing. Look, if we was if we was playing bad and I was right, I wouldn't have to change my opinion. But I was wrong, so I had to change it. Okay. That's why it's an opinion. All right. And I told them I'm gonna have facts, and the fact is that I was wrong. You hear that, Corey? He was wrong. I told you they're gonna eat this up. He Cody Plazons was wrong. Per usual. It's very rare. I mean, so I ain't I never I seen I somebody hate on a trade so much as you have hated Stop on that on. trade. Come on, come on. There's plenty of people who have hated on plenty of trades in other areas, <laughs> I'm sure. That was not as bad as me with McCollum. Right? Well, well I think the thing was is that, like, 
you was taught you you brought in you brought in all the records, and then I forgot what was said, but it was something about oh that's cool I'm fine with a marathon instead of a sprint, but like you well, weren't no, but like your, your 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 records comment insinuates that you want a sprint not a marathon. No, I brought up the record because it was getting thrown in my face after they won one game. So I was like, well, where are we y'all the last three games when we lost? That's the only thing. Like, don't come at me as if, like, you're right about the argument after one game. Now you're right after what's happened throughout the second game so far. But then the fact is, is it was thrown at me because we won one game and the subtweet was, oh, well, some people are probably awfully quiet now. And that's why I was like, dude, the season's like, what are you talking about? We still have another freaking 21 games. Yeah, you know, he was you was awfully quiet. I had to I had to throw you in the fire for you to say something. Well, that's because I was waiting for the podcast. I didn't want to have my tweets like that again. <laughs> yeah, all of our I'm seven good. listeners. I'm not good to leave all of them there. They never happened. I had something yeah. else. Let me see what I had. Oh, I know we. I I wanted to, dude. So I saw this video earlier, right? And. It's just who 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 whose account is this? Hold on, give me a second. I tweeted it because he was just post like he was posting videos of LeBron, no context, like no captions or nothing. It's just a video with no context of LeBron. It's from the game last night. Um, because if it is, I probably know what you're talking about. Rob Perez, Rob Perez. It's just a video of LeBron, no context, no caption. It's a video of him. They're playing. Who are they playing? This looks like the Grizzlies, I guess. I don't know. They got navy blue uniforms on. I can't make out the fucking if it's name. The Maver- if it's the Mavericks, that was last night. Well, then, okay, it is the Mavericks because there's Luca. Um, so, yeah. So, the Lakers got the ball. Some fucking white dude got the ball at the top of the key. LeBron's in the paint right now, like, you know, trying to post up to somebody. And he's inside the circle. And I guess the dude doesn't see him. You know, LeBron's calling for the ball. The dude doesn't see him. LeBron gets pissed off because the dude shoots. And LeBron just stands there, does nothing, while the yeah, while so. the ball, while the ball, you know, doesn't even try to get the rebound. While the guy who shot it, obviously, does what you're supposed to do, follows his shot, gets the ball back. And LeBron still just stands there doing nothing after they got an offensive rebound. And then he walks that like he just proceeds to walk down the court. Yeah, there was another possession. Malik Monk's coming up the court. And uh, LeBron's doing the same thing, posting up, calling for the ball. And Malik Monk, I, I, that might have been Malik Monk. I don't know. You sure it was the white guy? The white guy had the ball at the top of the key. So, he, okay, he passes it to somebody. But the guy's out the the guy's oh, out the frame. Malik Monk. It's probably Malik Monk that he passes it. The guy's out the I'm frame. I can't see who it is. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's what I was saying. I know exactly what that is. Yeah, that was Malik Monk that shot that. I was but, like, real, real solid effort from LeBron here. Oh, well, dude, that's they were talking about that the whole time. About the, they quit. They were they were down four with fifteen seconds left. If you're down four with fifteen seconds left and Mavs got the ball, what are you doing? If I'm down four with fifteen seconds left, and Mavs got the ball. I'm probably gonna follow. You're following. They didn't even follow. They just all walked to the side and let them dribble out the clock. And they just quit. They just gave up. Oh, I saw that video of of all of them, and they're they're arguing with the fans when they. I think oh, that yeah. was the game they played us. Well, well, so I had so Ramona Shelburne, as you know, one of the NBA like uh, analyst people. She has a radio show. She does in Los Angeles. She was saying that all kind of people that call in from Los Angeles pretty much have the mindset of like, we were the Lakers before you. We're going to be the Lakers after you. You're just a mercenary to us. If you want to go, bye. Oh, talking to Le- about LeBron. Yeah, and, uh, because so that'll like, never like it'll never be like when you think of the Lakers, you're never going to think of LeBron like ever. No, he's not even in the top five all-time Lakers. We're not even, easily, not off, even just being an all. Off the top of my head, you got Magic, Curry, and Kobe easily. Then you throw Shaq probably over LeBron. You won three chips with the Lakers. LeBron has one, and also then you throw in what you can have Jerry West. You can have Elgin Baylor. That would still be before LeBron. I mean, you got Kareem. Will. Well, I, I feel Kareem, Magic, and Kobe were my top three. Oh, people. I didn't hear you say okay. 
Yeah, I mean, and I said Shaq's usually four, and then I said there's another three guys that probably could go ahead of LeBron. And like Jerry West for sure. I mean, dude's a damn logo. I mean, yeah, like you know, he brought he brought a championship, but like it's a it's got an asterisk next to it. It's a fucking bubble. It's a bubble chip. I mean, it's he, still. A, don't get me wrong. If the the, like if the Pelicans would have won, I would have been hella excited. But yeah, but, but that, even that, even without the bubble thing, it's still to me, it's like. Yeah, you, you you don't want like it's not like the Cavs, but like, you will forever be remembered as a Cleveland Cavalier. You brought a team that didn't have a championship, a city that didn't have a championship in like fifty something, sixty years, whatever craziness. And it was. then the roster around him was garbage. Well, no, the year they won was when he had Kyrie. I thought he had in Cleveland. In Cleveland, that's when Kyrie was dropping like fifty point finals uh, games. You don't remember? Well, I, I remember he because they went back to back to back against the Warriors, didn't they? Yeah, the the year they won though was the year that the Warriors left three one, and then uh, LeBron like stuck his leg up to trick Draymond, and Draymond like reacted and then got like, oh he got suspended. The next game and he got suspended. Yeah, got hurt. Bogut got hurt. But that doesn't matter. It only matters if the Cavs players get hurt because that's the only reason the Warriors won there. Okay, I see. Well, maybe it was the year they lost in because I remember the, he he brought a fucking roster like J.R. Smith and. Remember the fucking scrubs. Yeah, no, but the worst, the worst finals team he ever played on was his very first appearance against the Lakers when he had his second best player was Mo Williams. Like that's that's the years. Like that's before he went to Miami. He showed up in the finals and he had Sildris Elgelskis or whatever. Mo Williams, his stepdaddy Valente West. No, yeah. Dude's a fucking crackhead or method now or something. Forever go down in history as the dude who got with LeBron's mom. And he won't even be remembered for his basketball career. That's just how he's gonna be remembered. Yeah, they ain't worried about the fuck. And then that's when he was like, "Oh yeah, we need to do a a championship parade with us, the Dodgers, and and um the Rams." Like, bro, it's been two years since you even won a championship, and mm-hmm. like, just, just stop. That's because that's what you're trying to say. He's like, we didn't get to do a parade because of COVID. Right. The, that's, the yeah, Lakers so, don't even run that city. That's The Clippers run that city right now. Well, that's the thing. This year, the Clippers are 3-0 against the Lakers. Without yeah. Kawhi or Paul George. Like, it's insane. And the Lakers have LeBron and at least Westbrook for all those games. It's just such a shitty city to have a fucking sports team in, honestly. Well, not basketball. LA loves their basketball. But the Lakers were actually good. Like the football, like the Rams, like... It's just pitiful. That they, they they trying so hard to put a football market in there, but like they don't care, and it sucks because they have to have a good fucking team. But anyways, fuck LeBron. I fucking hate LeBron so much, and I don't even know why. I mean, I know why, but like just when I see him, he just gets on my fucking nerves. And everyone like Bryce, Bryce gonna hear this and call me a hater. I don't give a shit. Fuck LeBron. That dude's a bitch. Cry baby ass bitch always crying about something. Sitting there arguing with the fans. Yeah, I mean, um, then the you got the video. The you got the video of him. He's he's fucking. He drives. I guess he gets fouled or some shit. And he stumbles over and he literally sits on somebody. Like they supposed to be okay with that because you're LeBron James. I don't know. The Lakers get twenty seven and thirty four in this year. I mean, they were bad place. And, like, to look at their next five games, I mean, they, they play the Clippers tomorrow night, Saturday on TNT, Saturday they play on ABC against the Warriors. The Warriors have also been uh, losing a few games lately. Then they get the Spurs, who, if the Spurs win two games and the Lakers lose both those games, they, they have the game apart. Everybody else is playing for something. 
Shout out to Rockets. We're going to be at that game Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to be easy win for it. We blow that. <laughs> we blow that. I'm going to be coming on the next episode. Team. I told you. I told you. <laughs> but uh, before we before we switch, we got to talk about this shit with Kendrick Perkins. I mean, I know it's a few days removed. About, Are we going to take a deep dive into that? I mean, we don't got to go deep, but... because yeah, I got something else I want to address. But, but, like, just the fact that he calls New Orleans... He, 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 for one, he trashed New Orleans like we, we not a basketball city. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There is some Football truth... Well, I'm just saying, there is some truth to what he said. Because, I mean, regardless of what you say... The Pelicans are always going to come second to the Saints. Like, that's just a fact. But that don't mean we can't also have and love a basketball team. The Pelicans got Buku fans. Like, I mean, he's talking about we couldn't sell tickets when Zion actually played. For one, Zion played like 13 home games. And then two, it was during COVID restrictions. And then three, all of the games Zion played at the arena were we had over like 16,000 fans. Some of them approaching 20,000. All of the Kendrick games he Perkins. played. The thing with Kendrick Perkins is that he played for us. That's when we were all going through the love-hate relationship with AD. And he was literally basically a bench warmer. And he came over here just for some free money. And so then he wants to trash us because we gave him a chance to keep an NBA job. Because at that point, he was very near retirement. And then... And then he says we can't we can't fill the seats at all when there's ten more teams who have less attendance stats than us. Ten. And then you talk about New Orleans not a basketball. Who the fuck? Who the fuck gonna go? Who want to go play for Minnesota? I mean, I'm just no. Look, I'm not saying, but that's the point. That's what I'm trying to get. That like they're a good team, but like when you bring the city into play, like Minnesota. Milwaukee? I mean, I could name a hundred fucking cities that's worse than the city of New Orleans to go play in. That has nothing to do with the city. Sacramento's problem is there's three other uh, California teams that are better than them. I mean, there's there's a handful of cities you can't compete with. South Beach, I mean, it's Miami. You got got Los Angeles. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it, but you got Los Angeles. You got New York. I mean, and then... Like fucking Stan Van Gundy said, New Orleans not a basketball city, but apparently the Knicks think everybody want to go play for the Knicks. When has anybody going to play for the Knicks? That's fucking New York. That's a big media market. You talk about, well, I guess New York City ain't a fucking basketball city then. Right? Based on that logic. Like, like Kendrick Perkins is such a fucking idiot that like, I think ESPN pays this man Simply because he's so fucking dumb and he's so dense that he said the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard in my life. And it just it gets views because people see this shit and be like, this dude is fucking stupid. That's the oh, only, they, they I feel gave, like that's the only reason ESPN pays him because everything that comes out of his mouth is just dumb. They gave him his own podcast now with Marcus Spears. Yeah, Swag and Perk or Swag and Perk or whatever. Like, I'm telling you, bro, that's the only reason because he's so stupid. That people actually listen to it because they fucking laugh. They're not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. And then, and then he won't. He won't come. He won't talk about the city. And and I quote him talking about I slap the fuck out you on God. And then you wanna you wanna report my Twitter, get me suspended off Twitter for twelve hours. Fucking bitch. That's why. That's why he went in the spaces, the, the Twitter spaces, and they fucking lit his ass up. Talk about the Pels ain't got no fans. You know, in that Twitter space, they had over 10,000 listeners. In the Pelicans' Twitter space. Not, not all of them have Pels fans to be famous. Well, I'm just saying, but it's like, to, to say the Pelicans can't, can't draw interest is just fucking stupid. Right? And then, and then you know, we got some news on Zion today. And like, I quoted it and I'm just like, fuck off. Like, I don't even want to hear it. Oh, his bones healing. Well, you said that six weeks ago. And then it was a setback. Well, I, I, I told when I said in the group text earlier, if Zion doesn't play the rest of the season with us, and the Lakers end up getting a top 10 pick and we get that pick, trade him and the pick and get a freaking 
massive load of like a great player and like two role players and just build off that with McCollum, Ingram, Val. Right. But the thing is, it's like, I want Zion to play. Like, I want Zion to want to be here. I want to see how the team looks at full capability. Yeah, I would like, like all the shit I talk about Zion, that goes without saying. I want Zion here. But like, Zion has done nothing to show me he wants to be here. Like, give me something. Give me a fucking crumb. Like, just show me you want to be here. Like, you don't post nothing about us. You don't say nothing about us. I don't see you. You doing shit with the city, talking, you know, community service and none of that shit. He's fucking silent. He's radio silent. And then all we get is these little these little crumbles of news of, oh, Zion's progressing. Oh, Zion has a step back, setback. Oh, Zion's in Portland. Oh, Zion might be able to do weight-bearing activities. Where are you, Zion? Where are you at? Let me hear from you, man. Like, stop, stop making me go through your, your handlers and your masters. And all of this shit, and 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 talk to me. Tell me, tell me you want to be it. You have done nothing. We can't even market Zion because Zion just says nothing. It's bullshit. Before you get too too heated on it, and I'm gonna wait. We know how Zion is. But uh, when I said there's something else that's really dumb with the NBA. I mean, it's not the NBA, but like with this whole Brooklyn situation with the. The Kyrie Irving crap. I did want to address this because I know we kind of haven't talked about it too, too much. But like, you understand how Barclay doesn't allow Kyrie Irving to play home games, right? Yeah, because he's not vaccinated. Okay, but did you know visiting teams who have players who are vaccinated can play in those games? Yeah, and they do the same shit. They do the same shit in California. Yeah. All right. So, so here, so hear me out. Kyrie Irving, before the trade deadline, has a home game with Brooklyn. On Thursday against the Bucks. Let's just use them as an example. Let's say on Tuesday, he wasn't going to play that game on Thursday. He gets traded on Tuesday to the Bucks. He is now eligible playing that game Thursday at the same arena. Oh, it's 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 dumb. That he would have that he would not have been eligible to play in that Thursday if he's dude. Home. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's fucking dumb. Like, it, just that sentence alone should let you know how stupid that is. Now, Toronto, they're doing it right. Home and away team. You're not vaccinated, you're not playing in Toronto. And, like, you, if you're going to do it one way, you got to do it one way. Whether you allow right. people who aren't vaccinated or you don't allow it. You got you to be the same. But it's to be fair, it's not the Mets decision and it's not the NBA's decision. It was the last mayor's decision. Oh, well, the fucking Adam, what's his name? Adam Silver? Adam Silver. Even came out and was like, "This makes no sense. This is dumb." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is he, dumb. His home time. There's nothing he can do now. They said what it was is that the city of Brooklyn basically said if you work like in indoor, if you're an employee of an indoor facility, you have to be vaccinated or you can't work there. So that is what the official rule is, and they applied that to the next players. That's so stupid, man. And it's like you know, it's sad that I even got to be like. I don't want to get political about it because, like, if vaccination shit, shit should not, like, I shouldn't even be political, but it's just fucking stupid. Like, like, how can you even, how can you even come up with a law like that and tell me with a straight face that this makes sense? And then you keep it in place, and then you keep it in place. Like, I mean, no, we're... We're both vast, but we both also live with the mindset of like, if you want to be, you can get it. If you don't want to be, then don't get it. Oh, I'm not getting any more vaccines. Like, not, I mean, mean COVID vaccines. I mean, like, I got my two shots. I got my shots. I'm done with it. I I didn't even get a booster. I'm fine. But. And I don't want COVID, so screw it. It's just fucking, it's dumb. Like, they do the same shit in California because I was reading up on on a Golden State game and they were like, yeah, they can, if you can't, if you're not vaccinated, you can't play. But the visiting teams can do it. It doesn't make any sense. What's the difference? And then I saw a picture. I don't know if it's true because I saw it on the internet, but it was a picture of Kyrie sitting on the sidelines at the Brooklyn game. Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. So he's, he's currently he's sitting on the sidelines at the game, but he can't play. play. Yep. That is so stupid. 
that is a real thing. God, dude, New York, dude, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, it's these fucking liberal cities, man. There's a new mayor now for New York, and basically they've been hinting that his plan is to try to get this lifted and allow, like... Well, yeah, well, he released a statement the other day, like he was at a conference or something, and he was talking about how he loves the Nets, and like he wants to see, he wants to see Kyrie play, and he wants... He wants the Nets to bring home a championship, but he's saying that this this vaccination shit's more important than the Nets bringing home a championship. Well, if the vaccination shit was that important to you, then away teams should not be playing if their teams aren't vaccinated. If that's well, how you're gonna be they, about it. Well, you know he might do that, but they said there's rumors that uh, he's basically afraid of the public backlash if he was to make it more about a best one basketball player basically than the rest of the city. It's not even about the basketball player, though. It's the principle. Like, remove Kyrie Irving. It could have been... It could have been fucking Joe Schmo from the G League. And I still would have been like, this is dumb. This makes this doesn't make any sense. And I had, like, just remove Kyrie Irving from the whole situation. Like, it's not even about Kyrie Irving. It's just... It's about the principle. God, these people are fucking dumb, dude. Fucking stupid. Yeah, well, I know we are uh, speaking of stupid people. We uh, wanted to talk about what's going on with baseball. And, uh, you know, the owners in Manfred basically. Dude, I don't know who's worse, Manfred or Goodell? Oh, it's Manfred. It's Manfred. Like. I mean, it's this Manfred. is the thing. The Manfred and the owners, they don't give a fuck. They got their money. They're getting their money. It's also, to be honest, it's the small market teams that are being stupid about this because they don't they don't want to spend money. You see, this is so. This is what I read up about it because I don't know exactly what all the arguments are and like what exactly they want, but I know they want to install a hard cap in baseball, and I think I'm on the side that they should. I've been I've been saying for years they should have had a hard cap in baseball because it. It just it takes small markets out of the equation and, and you know competition for these big free agents because teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, all these big markets teams they can afford this luxury luxury tax. Okay, but now them trying to do that is also making it that means that the players would get less money because they can only get certain types of contracts because then teams all have to stay under the cap. That's right, but part. let's get it. I mean, like if you were if you were a top dollar baseball player. Do you want a chance to lose more money because to give like the little guys who don't want to spend the money a chance? I mean, but let's, let's, come on, let's be real. All these owners are billionaires. Well, yeah, that's the so that's kind of where they I'm all, going at. But the, the thing they is, is like the money, they just don't want to. But baseball can just just make the salary cap high, <laughs> right? But then I'm but I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously, you know. I'm sure and and let's be real. I mean, what percentage of players are getting contracts like that? I mean, well, that's that's the thing. It's for the little guy. This is all going to hurt them because of the fact that like they need any kind of games they can get. But the problem is that's unfortunately for them. That's just not how the world works. The big the big name players who make all the money are going to be the ones that. You know, teams are most worried about. So, what side? What side is it that wants the the hard cap? Is it the players or the teams? That I don't know because I think from what I from what I heard because I haven't heard as much about it as I would have liked. But from what I got from it is that the players are against the hard cap because of the fact that it would make them lose money, and some of them who have current contracts, it could mess up. You know, the rest of the roster technically. Because let's say, like, Max Schwerzer was about to make 40-something million a year. All of a sudden, you have a hard cap now, and it, that, that could screw up, you know, the guys down the roster who they have to get rid of. So, see, see, this is what I read about it. When you have a hard cap, now, see, I don't know, I didn't know it was the players. I mean, I get that, I get that point of view from the players, but you gotta, I mean, dude, like, how many players are getting these contracts? So the fact that these these handful of guys are gonna speak for the whole league, I don't like that because well, it's the you know it's the way the world works. It's the rich get richer. Because it's like you know, 
I mean, not, not saying Mike Trout is it, but like you got the guys like Mike Trout with the big ass contract, Stanton with the big ass contract, all these guys with these big ass contracts. And you're gonna speak for the whole league? Like, let's be real. Not everyone's making the money you're making. You're fucking Mike Trout. You're Giancarlo Stanton. Nobody's making that money but you. You earned the money. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you should get five hundred million dollars, but they gave it to you. But the shit I read about the salary cap was when you have a hard salary cap in any sport, then that means you have something called revenue sharing, where you fucking all the revenue that's brought in it gets split up amongst all the teams evenly. The NFL does this. The NBA does. I don't know if the NBA does this because I know the NBA has a luxury tax system. Yeah, but the other thing is like the MLB knows as far as like ratings and stuff like that goes, they're not competing. Right. The NBA and NFL. So. And I know, like I said, I know the NFL does this because the NFL's got a hard cap and they do revenue sharing. And you 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 got to do revenue revenue sharing when you have a hard cap. When you have a hard cap and you do revenue sharing. That means the owners got to open up the books. Well, see, that's the that's meaning the, the owners right got to show how much money they really got, and they don't well, want to do that. The right there. It's the small market teams supposedly that don't want to do that part right there, because a lot like after like from Jeff Pass and other like MLB people covered twenty four seven, we're saying that like the Pittsburgh Pirates are one of those organizations where like they never spend money, like they never go get. It big contracts to players, and that's why they're awful pretty much all the time. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I wonder who's against it. I mean, the smart market teams, like, they need to fucking get it together then. Like, like because that was the thing I, I found out. is like, now the owners, you got to, now, with a revenue-sharing program because of a hard cap, you got to open the books up. You got to tell everybody how much money you got, how much money you spending, how much money you taking in. And that's a problem. That's obviously a problem for these rich guys. They don't want to. They don't want everyone to know how much money they got. Like I said, they're all rich, and that's what the small market owners don't want is to have that all come out, and then they're basically going to be forced to have to spend more of their money that they don't want to spend. Ah, poor thing, man. You got a seven hundred billion dollars. You got to spend a hundred billion of it, and left with six hundred billion. Poor, poor guy. Like if, like honestly, if if it's a if it's the players, I mean, I'm gonna read into this. If it's the players, and it's just a handful of players against this, then I don't, I'm not gonna like that, because I don't so, think guys like Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, and all of these guys should be having salary salary talks with the whole league. When you know you're a guy who gets 500 million, but you got your fucking dude, you know who he's a, he's a starter, but he's not a superstar, but he starts. He's not going to get that money. So the statement that came out basically said that all the players that are in the union and stuff like that agreed. But there was rumors that came out that said it definitely wasn't all of them. They just came out and said that it was all of them because they want to look united against the owners. Well, I know I know Mike Trout released a statement and said it was like unanimously voted on or something. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Supposedly the rumor is that's not true, that they're just doing that. So that way, that like I said, they can look united against the owners to try to use any kind of power that they have. Right. Let's see. And, so when are they having this meeting for, again? MLB. So well, I know for a fact they are not playing the uh, the first two weeks of baseball. They said like your first two game series. So basically, like if the Cubs play the Cardinals and then the Pirates back to back series. Those two series automatically aren't happening. Yeah, MLB cancels first two regular season series after MLBPA rejects final proposal. Which, which for most teams is like just three or four games per series. So you're looking at a total of possibly from six to eight games being missed. Definitely. Like there's no doubt about it. So as of right now, we're looking at a minimum, I mean a maximum of like 154 to 156 games. Out of the 162 that they normally have. Let's see. So, let's see, I'm just reading. Obviously, it could, could get way worse. And there's certain owners, apparently, they haven't said who, but apparently, there's some owners who uh, have said they wouldn't care if the season had a lockout for the whole year. Well, yeah, they don't give a shit because they're, they're not forking out money. <laughs> like, no. but the of course, they, they don't, don't care. Have, 
And see, like I said, all that does is screw over all the young, little guys. All they would get is all people would get paid is guaranteed money. You wouldn't get no yeah, games so out you, of the The union chief you wouldn't get no bonuses. The union chief Tony Clark says players want to play. Everyone knows that, but the reason we are not playing is simple: a lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. In a ten billion dollar industry, the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have, which is the players. Mm-hmm. But the right. group won't be intimidated. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of, he said, he said. It's the ninth work stoppage in baseball history. But will be only the fifth time it causes regular season cancellations. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fucking see. It says, from the beginning of these negotiations, the players' objectives have been consistent to promote competition Provide fair compensation for the young players and uphold the integrity of our market system. Against the backdrop of growing revenues and record profits, we are seeking nothing more than a fair agreement. They're not going to reschedule the games or pay the players for these games. That's what I said. Only people will get guaranteed money. That's it. And you know that's only a certain amount of people that's getting a lot of guaranteed money. You're gonna have guys like I said, the little guy who's getting screwed over. But um, I don't really have much else. There's one last thing I wanted to get into. If you don't have nothing else, no, I don't. I'm not. I don't have much else either. So, so there's something I want to do as much as we can. I'd like to start giving these shoutouts to uh, these women athletes that are performing. And I think the very first one that we should give a shout out to is I sent you the video. Caitlin Clark from Iowa. That guard that be pulling up from freaking half court like it's nothing. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, she is a beast. Look, just listen to these points 38, 32, 29, 18, 19, 32, 46, 27, 43, 28. Like this guy was ridiculous. And then, like, I look, and it's not just points 11 assists, 9 assists, 8 assists, 12 assists, 6 assists, 6 assists, 10 assists, 11 assists. She had a game where she scored 20 points and 18 assists. And she's putting it on them. She's got Luka triple doubles. And it's like, it's insane. Like, dude, I, I, I mean, the chick's averaging almost 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Caitlin Clark is a dog. And who she, she plays for? Stuff. Iowa, and she is the Steph Curry of quality basketball, men and women. So she's a lottery pick for the WNBA? Uh, she is a sophomore, so I mean, I made, I'm pretty sure they can go out whenever they want, just like uh, college players for the NBA. So in my opinion, I don't give a damn if I got two guards. If I'm the number one pick, I'm like, we're going to find a way to make this work. Don't you worry. Well, I guess it don't matter because it ain't like she's going to get paid a bunch of money anyway, so. She might get a better. She might get more money signing an NIL deal. Well, she she should come to freaking. Uh, they should let her get drafted by the NBA. All she's got to do is shoot. She's she make it. Yeah, she can identify as a man. Right. Let's not get into that. But uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah. So I just want to give her a huge shout out. I mean, I know one time we gave the shout out. I, I feel bad for forgetting the name. That softball player that. Struck out every single batter she faced in a full game. Yeah, nobody even talked about it. Yeah, no no walks, no hits, nothing. 21 batters, 21 strikeouts. Crazy. The other, like her and the catcher could have been the only two people in the field. The other seven could have last on the bench and it wasn't a batter. That's not, it's insane. <laughs> just, that's, that's nuts. But... But yeah, so Caitlin Clark gets the shout out. Caitlin Clark, baby. I'm telling you, if you haven't heard of her, go watch her highlights. It's 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 insane. It's it's some of the best shooting I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, it's no. like it's like no, and it's like no hesitation. Like she just yeah, she just up runs up and sh- and just pulls and up. Pulls, shoots that basically, bitch, she does exactly like Curry. And like the funniest thing about the video I sent you out, the announcer for the game, of the broadcaster is like. Yeah, Caitlin Clark's been, you know, pretty quiet. And then she's like, oh, never mind. I don't know what's happening. 
like has it like on the money, she just pulls it up and shits it. I just want to make sure I got that. All right. Well, yeah, we'll figure out who next week's shout out is going to be. We are gonna we can do that in the, in the episode with a shout out for somebody. Um, yeah, we, 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 I just wanted to give her hers. So we can keep it men or women before we go on. Who in that last week will have the longest thing in between episodes before going off? Ja, ja Morant is my close second. Fuck Ja. Okay. But. Not my fault. We got it wrong. Y'all go follow us on Twitter. At no underscore brain pod. Like our Facebook page. We'll see y'all next week.